There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, wonderful to be back with you for another week and uh, we've got a, another great show today. We're going to be talking about performance chemistry with Celine Morin and uh, I've interviewed uh, Celine before and it was uh, absolutely fantastic, not on this show, but on our uh, the event that I do on a Thursday, which is called Look Forward Thursdays, which... Uh, you can access if you uh, if you join me on my LinkedIn page or Facebook page. Um, but say we're going to talk about your health and uh, all sorts of things in terms of your being your own chief energy officer. But before we do that, I want to say a big thank you to my guest last week and just mention last week's show, which I thought was quite special. We had Tom Campbell. Tom has been a scientist and a, a physicist. He worked on high-tech, leading-edge, uh, defense systems in the US and then he worked for NASA but combined with that in, he was also studying consciousness and reality and wrote a book called The Big Theory of Everything a trilogy uh, which explains everything quite quite literally and it really is an, uh, an amazing uh, piece of work and uh, this has inspired um, thousands and thousands of people around the world to uh, investigate Tom's work and uh, this, this man is, um, is a man with tremendous wisdom and is really impacting my thinking uh, of late. So if you get the opportunity, go and listen to that interview. And if you enjoyed it and you've got any comments on it, you know, please do send me an email to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I do forward them on to Tom. Uh, and uh, there will also be a part two coming up as well. I think it's about the 25th of September. So there'll be more. We'll be able to explore that uh, even more. So... To today's show, we're going to talk about performance chemistry. And my guest, Celine Morin, says that you have to manage your own energy, so your own performance chemistry, sorry, by becoming your own chief energy officer. So another name for a CEO. And uh, we're going to talk today about how you go about doing that. Now, Celine has been delivering workplace wellbeing programs for almost two decades now. Uh, she's a registered dietitian and award-winning international speaker. As you'll discover, she's also French, and she's co-authored two books and developed various well-being programs, such as Performance Chemistry, uh, The Wellculator, which I've been having some fun with today, and Santé. And she helps business leaders not, not give up their health while um, building wealth. And uh, I think this also helps businesses um, to create really engaged, high-performing workplaces, which actually the sphere that I work in, but coming from a, a slightly different angle. So if you're feeling stressed sometimes, and crikey me at the moment, maybe a bit overwhelmed, a bit tired, even sick, and in this stage of life, of stage of this life journey with uh, this pandemic at the moment, you know, many of us, in fact, and if not all of us, are at times having you know, feelings of, uh, of, of tension and, and pressure and the roller coaster, and then maybe moments of actually being kind of energized by the new creativity and the new ways that we're doing things. It just seems a really perfect time to be talking about, um, about health 
and uh, getting some advice from uh, from Celine about how we can feel balanced and energized with a greater sense of happiness, purpose, and well-being during this uh, very, very unusual period in history. So I'd like to make a, a very big, warm, uh, energetic, and, uh, and healthy welcome to uh, Celine Morin. Ah, oh, thank you. It feels like there should be a drum roll after that lovely introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. And hi, hi. to you. Yes. Thank you very much. And nice, nice to talk to you again. We, we had an opportunity a few weeks ago, didn't we? And we had, uh, I think we had lots of fun doing that. So I'm we excited did. about today. Um, so, so tell us, well, tell us where you're, you're dialing in from at the moment and maybe tell us a little bit about your, your early life and where that interest that you've got in well-being came from. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm dialing in from uh, the very leafy green uh, Surrey, uh, so, and I mean Farnham, which apparently is one of the happiest places to live in Great Britain. <laughs> so I moved here 10 days ago. Uh, I was in London, in central London before then. But as with many people who have decided to make changes to their lives because of the situation we find ourselves in, staying in the city just didn't feel right because I don't think any big city is going to be buzzing again for a while. So I'd rather be closer to nature, which is why I made the decision, and to have a bigger place so I can work from a separate office and still be at home. And I've lived in the UK now for three years. I was born and brought up in South Africa by French parents. So my parents left the Champagne region in France in the late 60s and came to South Africa for, it was meant to be a two-year honeymoon, you know, a little short trip after getting married. And it, well, they're still there, 52 ah. years later. <laughs> so I do apologize, you're actually, you're actually uh, South African. Is well, that, with the French, French passport and everyone else lives in French in France. So, yeah, I've always felt it's interesting. I've, people have asked me, well, where's home? And for the first time here in the UK, I feel at home. Because in South Africa, I was always quite different, you know, being from your European parents. And then I've never, I've never lived in France. I've only gone there for many, many holidays. And it's very different to holiday in a place versus live there. Yeah, so I do believe home is where your heart is, right? And having a healthy heart is part of holistic well-being, which is what we're going to talk about. So that's a bit about my story. Thanks and I guess, I guess that the influence of French and food and that joie de vivre and definitely the champagne and celebration was a big part of my love for food. But I also had a love for medicine. So I, I always knew from a young child that I either wanted to be an air hostess and travel the world but apparently I was a bit too short back then to apply <laughs> or be a doctor because I, I, I love the human body and anatomy and chemistry. And when I looked up medicine, I discovered the, that there's a separate degree called dietetics. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I can use my passion and love of food to help heal people because we know that food is medicine. And that's why I studied dietetics and I qualified as a dietitian in 2000. Excellent. So it's actually possible to to love food and also be healthy too, is it? <laughs> it uh, yes, it is. Yes. We'll get more into that. <laughs> yes, yeah, because I, I feel that is probably when people ask me, well, what makes you perhaps different to, because there's so many nutritionists and dietitians and wellness practitioners, and thank goodness, because the world at large is not well. So we're seeing a lot of people that are sick and tired and, and very stressed. So the more of us doing this work, the better. And my, and my, I suppose, unique approach is that I've always been very balanced 
And for me, whatever you do needs to be sustainable. So I don't do diets, for instance. You know, everything I talk about has got to fit into your lifestyle and it's got to be fun because we're trying to reduce stress. We're not trying to add to stress. I find it fascinating that you have, you just moved out of the center of London. I'd heard there was a, you know, a trend now happening for people to move out of cities into, into the countryside. And you've, you've gone and done it. You're the first person I've spoken to who has actually developed that strategy. And is that part of man- that's part of you managing your own well-being by the sounds of it? It absolutely is. I mean, because um, e- even though I know a lot of these things, I- I'm, I'm not immune, um, oh, not intended, <laughs> to, to all the uncertainty and pressure and tension that you spoke about. I mean, it, it, it affects us all. And one thing I know for certain is the more time we can spend in nature, the more relaxing it is on the nervous system. So for me, I'm committing to, to doing much longer walks on a regular basis. And, and that it just wasn't possible in the sense of London. That makes a lot of sense. I moved out of London, gosh, maybe, maybe it's maybe 15 years ago now uh, and moved out into the countryside, live in rural Leicestershire. And I've just felt so, I felt so grateful and so fortunate to be living here during this because I've had the, you know, the space and the, the fields and the walks to, to get out and about, which I think has certainly helped my well-being. Yeah. Well, it's uh, food for the soul, so to speak. Yeah. So how, how tell us how you, you help your your clients. I know you just uh, launched a new website or enhanced it. Uh, yes, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, in lockdown, I decided. Well, you know, let me rebrand, and I've had this idea of having an online membership because I work with so many clients, and I'm usually on the road. I mean, up until February, it was quite normal to spend two or three nights a week in different hotels, which is lovely. But then you don't always have the time to do creative, big picture thinking. And a lot of my clients have been asking me for a long time, is there a way for us to access you when you're not in the room? Um, and so, yeah, I finally launched uh, the Wellbeing Clubhouse uh, this week. And so far, the feedback has been really good. So it makes me feel good that I've now got a place for people that can connect with me. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So, yeah, I feel good about that. Well done. I had a look, little look at it earlier in preparation for this interview, and I, I thought it was really first class. I thought it was a beautiful looking site and easy to navigate around and, and I could see, you know, sort of clearly what it is you do and how you help. So yeah, congratulations on that. And uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that at the end, but uh, com is where you can have a look at that. I think it's, you know, you've clearly worked very hard on that. Uh, so yeah, thank yeah, congratulations. you. Congratulations. Yeah, and I also, um, if anybody wants to go there, there, there are three beautiful free resources. You know, there's one which we'll discuss, I'm sure, in some detail. There's one to help with sleep and getting rest. And then there's a, a well-culated 12-week program where you get a little message from me once a week with uh, uh, tips and hints around the well-culator. And then you can also get a weekly recipe. So it's a foodie fun, five ingredients or less, and generally good for you. Excellent. So tell us a bit about, we talked about chief energy officer and we've also talked about performance chemistry. Why chief energy officer? Why performance chemistry? So chief energy officer, because that's generally, um, my client is usually um, a CEO or an MD or a senior leader or an entrepreneur um, of a business. And I've always felt that if I can impact a leader and get them to not only show up better because they're looking after their own well-being but we know that our energy and our well-being is contagious and so it would impact 
potentially their teams and their organizations. So I guess if I had had children, I might have decided to work in schools with teachers, but I haven't had children. So it felt much more authentic to go into the business space. And so I help business leaders enrich the quality of their lives as well as the teams that they lead. And so CEO, uh, yeah, it's a common title and people don't, and people often smile when they think of, oh, it's managing energy. And energy for me is, it's a renewable source, um, unlike time, you know, time is finite, you know, every second and minute and hour that passes is gone. Although maybe if I listen to the podcast with Tom from last week, that might be challenged because my understanding of consciousness and quantum time is that time isn't actually as linear as we think it is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, energy, a lot of people are struggling, especially at the moment with lower energy levels, specifically uh, energetically, emotionally, you know, and when you can mobilize energy on demand, I feel that is one of the greatest assets you can have as a human. You know, when you're able to work a long day and then still have the energy to be with your kids or have the energy to manage um, your personal life or to find joy in exercising and that kind of thing. So that's CEO. And then performance chemistry is around understanding the chemistry that supports our performance. So for instance, one of the terms that I use is um, we need to get our dose, our daily dose, and dose is D-O-S-E, and that stands for uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And if you can boost your dopamine in a healthy way and get more of oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins, you minimize the impact of the stress hormones like cortisol, and you're able to stay more energized and ultimately perform better. So that's where performance chemistry comes from, and that's one of my signature workshops and masterclasses that I present very good makes it makes a huge amount of sense and you, you just to help us to understand this this area of well-being as well because i know you've got various dimensions to it that you, you've identified which uh, um you know help us understand even further you know maybe where some of this uh, energy might uh, need to might come from yeah so so i focus on four dimensions of well-being because you know some people for instance um if you go to a spa or a salon they they sometimes say well we offer well-being services and they're doing massages and manicures or you also have environmental and social and financial well-being so it's a very vast topic and for me <clears throat> the approach i take is looking at physical well-being which is related to your body so that's got to do with um your diet um, how you move, how you exercise, how you rest, and how you sleep. Then in turn, your physical well-being supports your emotional well-being, which has got to do with your emotional intelligence, um, awareness of your emotions, self-regulation, uh, the quality of your relationships, those that are close as well as in your greater community. And then that further supports mental, the dimension of mental well-being or your intellectual well-being which is all about your ability to think, to focus, to problem solve, to stay creative, to keep big picture thinking, to remember things. And then we have a fourth dimension, which is around meaning or a spirituality, which could be, it could be a religion for some people. Um, for others, it's a sense of belonging or giving back or connecting to nature or some kind of divine source. So those are the four dimensions that I focus on, physical, emotional, mental, and meaning. Excellent. Excellent. I was just thinking, uh, as we spoke, uh, I also remember 
reading an article that had quite an impact on me many years ago in the Harvard Business Review, which was entitled Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time. I think that was by um, Tony Schwartz and Jim Law, the authors of The Corporate Athletes. They also speak about um, the CEO and chief energy officer. Very, very good article that from Harvard. Very good. About the corporate athlete. Yeah, it's really, it was really helpful, actually. Just gave me a, a realization of the importance of doing things at the right time and, uh, uh, and being mindful you've got dips at certain times of the day with your energy as well. And so therefore certain tasks are more important to, at certain times. We've got a couple of minutes till we go to commercial break, but I know the, um, understanding your why is something that you say is important when it comes to well-being. Yes, because when you have a strong enough reason why, I do feel that you'll always find a how. So we know, we know exercise is good for us and eating vegetables and hydration and getting to bed on early enough, but it's not always easy to do it. And when you have those moments where you're like, oh, do I really need to do this? Should I go exercise? Should I sit and meditate? I don't feel like it. I feel restless. If you've got a big compelling why, you'll, you'll push through those times where it's more difficult. So yeah, in a lot of my masterclasses, we spend quite a bit of time on what is your vision who do you want to be as a person that's well? well? What does well-being look like to you and why? Is it because you want to live longer? Do you want to manage a health condition? Do you want to be fit? Do you want to perform better in terms of brain fitness? Do you want to be able to play around with your kids or your grandkids? So that's about the raison d'etre, as we would say in French. Very good. Well, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break. And after the break, we're going to look at a, a system called the Wellculator that you've created. And that actually anyone that's listening will have the opportunity to visit uh, Celine's site and uh, utilize the Wellculator for themselves for free. So uh, I found that quite helpful and thought-provoking myself when I had a look at that and had a go and, and scored myself. Uh, so do join us again after the break and we'll look at those different components of, of wellness and well-being uh, that you need to consider uh, to uh, enable yourself to uh, perform at a very positive and uh, high level when it comes to your performance chemistry and being your own chief energy officer. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Celine Morin, and we're talking about performance chemistry and being your own chief energy officer. We were talking about the dimensions of well-being, about emotional, um, physical, spiritual, uh, mental well-being uh, before the break, and uh, why it's important to get clear about your why when it comes to well-being. I want to talk um, and spend a good part of this interview, though, on the Wellculator, because I think this is a, a helpful tool that... Um, Celine has developed and it's something as well that you can also have a, have a, have a play with too. So Celine, tell us a little bit about the, this Wellculator, this system and how it helps create world-class well-being. Sure. So let me maybe explain because why is important. We know that. <laughs> why I did the Wellculator. Um, after five years in clinical practice as a dietitian, I was feeling a bit frustrated because no one goes to a dietitian for fun, right? <laughs> so people, I was seeing people, but only once they were already diagnosed with diabetes or digestive issue, or they really wanted to lose a lot of weight or manage gout. And then um, a, a health insurer approached me and gave me an opportunity to do some uh, workplace well-being workshops. And that's when I realized, sure, how, how do you keep people's attention for like an hour? If they've come to spend their lunch break with you and you don't just want to lecture them because if you're too preachy, people just switch off. I mean, already a lot of people find health and well-being like not sexy, you know, and they, it's like a begrudge issue. So I thought, let me create a bit of a tool that I could use in a, in a workshop setting to keep people engaged. So that's where I then explored what are the fundamental questions that I would ask somebody to measure their well-being and how do I simplify it, but keep it grounded in science. So the Wellculator was born in 2006 out of that. Um, and I used it, I remember, for the first time with Standard Bank in South Africa in Johannesburg. And there were 74 people in the room and they loved it. And so mm -hmm. I stopped. So I've, I've refined it since then as the science has changed. But what the Wellculator does is it looks at 10 areas that are important for maintaining a solid foundation on especially your physical well-being because it's hard to have optimized emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being if you're feeling dehydrated, tired, you know, sleep-deprived, and maybe you've skipped meals and your blood glucose is all over the show. So that's why the Wellculator looks at basics like eating and sleeping and rest and movement. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I'm just, I'm just mindful myself that I'd not had a, a drink for a little while and was, uh, I was just thinking, you know, I'm just, just, um, I, I'm just not, not 100% right now. And that was probably from not having had a glass of water. It's, these little, little subtle things sometimes can make a big difference, can't they? Yeah. And, and you know, generally, I, 
I, I don't teach people a lot of new stuff because a lot of what I teach is not rocket science. Like we, I mean, maybe if we go deep into the topics of like um, digestion and gut health and supplementation and nutrigenomics, but the fundamental things we know, but common knowledge is not common practice. And it's, um, it starts with awareness. So what you just said, the fact that you're aware of, hey, maybe I'm not feeling as energized right now because I'm dehydrated. You can't change or measure anything that you're not aware of. So I just want to salute you, first of all, and anyone who's listening to this, that starting with awareness is a very good place to start. You mentioned there that you know, some, some people, I, I've, I've just discovered this with, with my clients and one of my clients developed a sort of well-being type system and I gave the opportunity for people to be kind of monitored and have uh, you know various tests taken. It was quite interesting in that there was you know who who put themselves forward for it, and it and it and it wasn't it wasn't um, it, sometimes it was some of the people who are already quite healthy. Yeah, you know what I mean, who quite yeah, I um, and sometimes uh, you know maybe there were people there who you, you might think would benefit from it, but chose not to. Yes, I know exactly what you mean, which is why um, workplace well-being programs really have to understand behavioral science and use a combination of, you know, the right kind of incentives and rewards and what we call behavioral nudging. So you nudge people to making better decisions because you also don't want to be too, um, what's the word? I'm thinking uh, pa not patriarchal. You know, you know, when you're preaching, you're saying this is the way it must be done. Like, we can't take away all the biscuits and sweets and sugared cold drinks from the office vending machine or canteen, but we can put them out of eye level and rather put the healthier choices in easier reach because people generally follow the path of least resistance. So by making it easier to access the healthier stuff, you can nudge people to make better choices. I really understand that having once worked for a confectionery firm for seven <laughs> years and, uh, and, and they had a display unit in the office, which they filled every day with chocolate and confectionery from the factory for people to enjoy. And they encourage you, they wanted you to taste it to make sure that the road and it was right in front of my desk. Did you gain weight? Um, I, you know, over that time I kept very fit. So I didn't, but what I really noticed it was in my teeth. So I was there for seven years, went in with no fillings and came out with seven, seven years later. So I, I wow. gained a filling for every year of my life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being honest again, but also I, for a while I was in sales and I used to, used to go and order them from, get them from cash and carries and give them out to people. And it was a very busy job. So sometimes it was my lunch. So, yeah. and, and that's why I do this work because there are so many of us who are on the road, who are out there, who it's, you know, when you're time poor and stress rich, it's not easy to always make the right choices, but it is possible. It is possible, mm. especially if you don't try for perfection. So a lot of what I teach is um, giving people permission to do what I call the 80-20 principle. So 80% of the time, find the right strategy that works for you and then follow that in terms of refueling and feeding yourself and managing your well-being. And 20% of the time, when you don't get it right, it's okay. You know, It's not like you've fallen off the plan and then you have to take a month or two to get back on it. It's a really good point, this. A year ago, it would be October of last year, so just nearly a year ago, I made a, I watched something on the TV, it inspired me to, to stop eating so much meat. Um, I, it was announced by my wife, actually, at a party we went to that Chris had turned 
uh, vegan. And I said, actually, can I just um, stop you there? I'm not turning vegan. I'm not turning vegetarian. But my intention is that I want to eat a lot less meat and have a more plant-based and uh, diet and you know, maybe maybe some fish in it. And I found that over the last year, I probably have eaten 20% of the meat now of, that I used to eat. And But actually, by not not making that decision to completely stop and not eat it again, because I quite like a little bit, um, I found that so much easier to follow. And actually, generally, I want vegetarian food and and, and fish. But if that I is just... exactly the same approach that I take. Is and, and for most of us, if we say we can't have something, it's exactly what the subconscious mind will want. And the little kid in you that's just defiant and a bit of a rebel, it's like saying, you know, don't think of a blue elephant. Like, I mean, like, don't think of a blue elephant. I'm sure everyone that's listening is can picture something quite big and blue in their minds. It's so if you say don't have beer or don't have chocolate or um, for many of us, not everyone, because there for some people that does work. Um, like, for instance, there is a movement called One Year No Beer that does phenomenally well and encouraging people to just stop drinking alcohol. Although alcohol is a different topic. Perhaps we can speak about that separately. But I do feel like having a bit of balance is key and not being too fanatical. You know, in my clinical practice, I saw many unhealthy vegans, you know, people arriving with brittle bone disease because they weren't supplementing correctly. And you can't just cut out food groups and potentially not fill up the gaps. Mm, have long-term implications, can't it? Yeah. So tell us a little bit, people are probably listening now and thinking, well, this, this, this Wellculator, there's about 10 sort of key points in there. Just, just um, very top line, just share top line what some of those components are and i'll maybe just pick on one or two and ask you some to exp uh, explore a little bit more uh, having a drink sounds like one of them that might be quite good <laughs> so well the, the first three relate directly to food so the first one is um having a um a, re a strategically refueling so having a refueling or feeding strategy a way that you eat that is strategic so just like in business you know, you'd have a strategy and stick to the plan. Have you got some kind of plan that works for you and gives you ROI um, in terms of your energy and your well-being? Mm -hmm. And then the second point is, do you eat like an artist, which is about including more color? Perhaps we can unpack that a bit later. Then there's also um, around hydration and rethinking your drinks. Then also how you eat is important. So are you mindfully eating? Because I see a lot of people... They have snack accidents or, or snack amnesia or they end up eating while they're still working. And, you, and it, yeah, when you do that, you don't allow for proper digestion or, or appreciation of the meal. And then there's one question around, do you know your health numbers? So just like in the business, we know a lot of our basic business numbers, but many of us don't actually know our health numbers. And then I work through the, the, the very important ones that you should keep uh, a record of. And then we look at sleep and rest and mindfulness and how that can help in terms of reducing the impact of stress. And then we look at movement during your workday. So I call those um, activations. So are you activating your body during the day? And then we also look at intentional exercise. And there you need to be doing a range of three different types of exercise. And the last point is, are you aware of, so back to that awareness, of when your body is triggered into the stress response and do you have techniques to minimize it? So, for instance, deep breathing um, or being able to take yourself out of a situation so that you don't react and you give yourself a chance to come back and respond. It's mm, a really, really good one. I should should say, actually, during this interview as well, I think it was Nikki Owen who introduced us, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and Nikki and Nikki's, uh, has some 
you know, real expertise around kind of deep breathing. And we had a show uh, a few months ago with Nikki about uh, my breathing space. So that's something I've, I find quite helpful is uh, her my breathing space. So thank you for the introduction, uh, Nikki. Um, we're not going to be able to talk about all 10, but shall we start about this idea of strategic refueling? Yeah, yeah. So there, like like I said, the question is to find out what works for you. So the more I do this work as, as a dietitian, the more I realize that each of us is quite unique. And instead of just buying a best-selling book or following a diet plan that somebody else has followed and assuming it's the right thing for you, I would invest in your well-being and go see a nutritionist or a dietitian and do a few maybe blood tests or answer a questionnaire around your lifestyle and your stress levels and your symptoms and what you're trying to achieve. Because if you want to lose weight or you want longevity or you want to ma manage a health condition, there's different approaches. For many of us, and the way I choose to manage and approach my diet strategy is I use the Mediterranean style diet. So mostly plant-based, like you said, lots of color, a um, few portions of protein, um, uh, lots of water, not too much refined sugar, uh, and that seems to work well. And there's also a whole other area in nutrition called nutrigenomics. So it's the link between genetics and the nutrition that we need to maximize our own, our own DNA, our own genetics. And you can now test that and get wonderful inputs on what kind of supplements are probably better for you than others and what kind of exercise and what kind of foods. So I'd recommend that if somebody's really interested in nutrition, that that's how much they refine their strategy is they actually go see somebody and do some of those tests. Okay. And is that something, can you go and see your, can you go and see your GP to do it? Or do you have to go Good question. Know, see um, some specialist? I would see a specialist. So I'd look up a, um, for a dietitian in your area and then the dietitian, uh, we'll, we'll be able to point you in the right direction of what kind of tests are, pro are appropriate for you. Because you also don't want to go and spend a bucket load of money and do a bunch of things that you don't need to do. And does this, uh, is, is this, for, do you think anybody should do this? You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty fit, pretty fit guy. Um, is one um, answer to that. Would you, does that. Is that irrelevant? Anyone who eats. Okay, that's a, that's a, fairly, that's a fairly large group of people then. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I think like anyone who handles money should consider at least once in their life speaking to somebody who knows things about money and finance uh, and the same with health you know and health is really your greatest wealth because without health you can't build wealth but with good health you can always build wealth so a lot of us invest lots of time in our work and making money and potentially speaking to financial advisors and insurances but then many people I meet have never seen a dietitian or nutritionist or read a book on nutrition They've just done what they've been taught to do growing up and what they believe is right from the media. Good point. Good point. So at the moment, we've got this pandemic around the world. Um, people are, very, are waiting on vaccines and uh, life may not get you know, fully back to normal until this happens. Can you, through your eating, improve your immunity to something like this? If you could see me, I have a big smile on my face and I look like I'm a cheerleader <laughs> <laughs> with pom-poms in my hand. Yes, 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 yes. A resounding yes. You absolutely can. In fact, um, I heard somebody do a presentation who said that COVID is much more an immune issue than a virus issue. Mm. We know that a group of people can get exposed to the virus and not all of them will be affected. And, you know, for many of us, and unless you... I just, just missed you there. Pardon? 
Oh no, I just missed you there. It went, it went silence. with a little, little blip there. Um, can you just repeat that again? It's not. It's sure. more of an immune issue. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's more of a, an immune issue than a virus issue. Which means um, that if you have a strong immune system, you could be exposed to the virus, but not necessarily get ill. Right. And your immune, and your immune system, the biggest part of your immune system, sits inside your digestive system. So okay. um, we talk about the gut and the colon and the digestive system, and we've got this this universe of bacteria that live inside us, that serve us. In fact, without them, we would die. They have to be inside us. And when your gut bacteria is healthy, you help your immune system be healthy. You help your gut produce neurochemicals and um, absorb vitamins and minerals and break down fibers. And all of that helps your body to stay well. So yes, you, you absolutely can eat in a way to either boost your immune system uh, or to reduce it. And then stress also plays a role. So it's not just diet in isolation. How we manage our stress is also key. Excellent. And, and can you, so I've only got a couple of minutes left to a commercial break, but what for, for in terms of uh, you know, issues around managing your gut, what do you advise people eat and don't eat? What I generally say is everybody can generally benefit from eating like an artist, which means having a lot of color on your plate. And color does not come from Skittles and M&Ms or wine gums. Color comes from nature's fresh produce, so vegetables, salads, and fruit. And ideally, we should be having between eight and 10 servings of colorful foods every day. A serving is a tennis ball portion. That's a good, that's a good guy because so th this, um, you know, this government campaign over in the UK, which was five a day. Mm, that so, was changed. The World Health Organ Organization has yes. doubled that. Oh, it was, it was who was it? So, oh, oh, who's saying it's, it's double that, is it? I think that was um, the five a day was because many people were having nothing a day. So it, <sighs> 10 seemed too much of a stretch. Isn't that the case? Yeah, I mean, if you can start with five, that's great. But if you really want to promote longevity, you want to get as close to 10 as possible. And maybe I can share some practical ideas when we come back from the break. Sounds a good plan. We'll get, we'll go and have a break. I'll go and grab, grab a glass of water. And <laughs> uh, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One to one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You 
are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Celine uh, Morin, and we're talking about performance chemistry and being your own chief energy officer. Uh, before the break, we'll talk about some of the components of the Wellculator. Um, just um, hydration. I, I've, I just want to ask this question because I, I remember there was a point in time where he was advised that you drank liters and liters and liters of water. And uh, I don't know if anyone is listening this also the same experience, but you could spend a lot of time in the bathroom doing that. Um, what, what, um, what's your thought on that? Well, I generally use a formula that's more relative to your body weight because it makes sense that someone who's quite petite and small framed would need less fluid to hydrate them than somebody who is bigger and heavier. So the formula I use, oh, I'm just thinking now this is in kilograms and some of the listeners may need to do some mathematical uh, sums, but it's one glass of water for every 10 kilograms that you weigh. Okay. One glass of water, a glass of water being um, 250 mils, so about uh, 10 ounces per 10 kilograms that you weigh. Right. So I, for instance, would need, yeah, I'm going to give away my weight now, uh, like five and a half glasses versus somebody who may weigh 100 kilograms would need double that amount. Yeah, so about 7.6, I think, something like that. Hmm. And that water can also be uh, constituted or made up by herbal tea, as long as it's caffeine-free fluid and sugar-free and alcohol-free, then it will hydrate you. Okay, that's good. So, what what about age though? Because I doesn't doesn't uh, yeah liquid go isn't less absorbed, isn't it, when you're getting older? Yeah, but in general, I find in my experience that a lot of people resonate with that formula, and it works well. If, for instance, you you eat a lot of, like I do eat about 10 servings of colorful foods, and those foods like green leafy vegetables and, and salads are also quite high in water. So maybe, you know, if your diet is quite fresh, plant-based, you may need less fluid. Um, and if you're older and your kidneys maybe aren't working optimally, you may need a bit less. But for most people, like the business leaders that I speak to, a lot of them are dehydrated. And so they get headaches, they feel tired, and because their mouth is dry, it's a false trigger for hunger. So they're hungry, tired, and low energy. And by having enough water, that lifts. They don't have the headache, they have better energy in the afternoon, and they're not snacking. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, 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 certainly know, I certainly know myself, like I'm already, I'm feeling more with it just for having had half a glass of water. It, it, yeah. it, it's really fine. I have a feeling sapped. I think, hmm, something's yeah. not quite right here. Firstly, I might think, I went not very well. And then secondly, I think, no, I need some water. <laughs> and keeping it inside so that it's in mind seems to work well. Or, or having triggers, like if you're a coffee or tea drinker, could you alternate every coffee with some water? That's a good plan, isn't it? Or between meetings, could you commit to having like half a glass of water or a few sips of water so that you regularly um, just hydrate? And especially on waking, I find when I wake up in the morning, I have um, maybe a pint or so of herbal tea. I don't like the taste of water. I find it quite boring. So I always like to add either a herbal tea to it or some mint or lemon or lime or cucumber or orange. And then it just... It makes it visually more appealing, especially if I leave it in a bottle or a jug, or and it just takes the edge off the water being quite bland. Yeah, 
I got it. I got into for a few years. I drink actually drink a, a hot, fairly fairly hot water in the morning rather than have tea in it. I got used to it. Nice. And if you add some ginger and lemon to that, you'll give your 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 liver and your digestive system a, a great wake up boost. Mm. Not nice. So. I'm just mindful. We've got about twelve minutes left till we we end. <laughs> so I want to sort of move through a little bit. But you 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 can do this um this profile, can't you? Online, it's free, and you get a score. So what does the score tell you? Well, the score gives you an idea of where you have areas of strength where you're doing well, which is great, and I celebrate that. But also areas where potentially you could improve. So on my landing page of the website, you'll see there's um a purple space where you can sign up. And you'll receive the Wellculator as an assessment. And then once a week for the next 11 weeks, I will send you a little hot tip on each of the 10 Wellculator points. And so you get to digest the material over time rather than having, you know, we've all done that where we buy a book and then we think we're going to read the book, but we, we start and we don't finish it. Mm. 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 Good. So I'm going to move on a little bit. I'm just intrigued about your thoughts around creating new habits because so, we talked about that I talked about that point with myself and and cutting down on meat so you've got you've got something called the ABC haven't you for creating new habits what's what's ABC stand for so ABC stands for anchors um, behaviors which are tiny and then celebrating and this is based on a lot of the research and science done by professor BJ Fogg at Stanford University um, so we know that Consistency is more important than intensity when it comes to lifestyle. So doing small changes more regularly is easier to sustain over the long term than like going on this massive plan when you're fully motivated and you've got loads of willpower because motivation and willpower fluctuate, right? They might yeah. be high on a Monday, but by Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, they're really low. So it's better if you have an, such an easy habit that you've planned for yourself that you're going to do it regardless of where your motivation is. And then if you attach a new behavior to something that you already do, so you find an anchor. For instance, when I drink quite a bit of tea when I'm home, so I boil the kettle regularly, maybe five or six times a day. And every time I boil the kettle, I do one minute of mindful breathing. So what I've done is the boiling the kettle is the anchor. The new behavior is one minute of mindful breathing. And then every time I do that, I say to myself, well done, Celine. Like, you know, I, I just say it internally and I give myself a bit of a thumbs up or I, I smile inwards. And that's the celebration. And the celebration is key because it helps release dopamine, which is part of the chemistry in our brain that goes to the reward center and reinforces that this is a good behavior. If you don't celebrate, it, it is harder to instill new behaviors. The more you celebrate, it's like fertilizer on habits. They grow easier. And does it also help you to, it's good, isn't it, to feel like you're achieving something during the day. So if you do that, if you do boil the kettle seven, six or seven times and you, you celebrate each time, you're going to feel like you've achieved something, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and a lot of my clients forget about that step. And when we work on it and we come up with ways that they can celebrate, because you, you can do it in your imagination, you can physically do it if it's appropriate, you can find a word or, a, you know, just give yourself a thumbs up. And it takes literally three seconds and you do it as you've done the behavior, be it drinking water or exercising or um, writing in your gratitude journal or taking a cold shower or whatever it is that you're aiming to do. That celebration is key. 
And it also makes you feel as if you're having fun. And we change most when we feel good, not bad. So there's a lot of psychology. It seems very simple. This ABC sounds like preschool stuff, but it's not. I mean, there are many people that spend their life researching this. And this is what the science is showing. And it's the science showing that because when we were, we were children, that's how we were encouraged and motivated. It's almost built yeah. into it. Or is it just the human nature that that's what human nature desires? Well, it's a bit of both, I guess, but absolutely. Like when children do anything for the first time, we praise them. We, we also do it with pets. So if you have a puppy in the house and you're training the puppy, you'll give it treats when it does what you'd like it to do. So it's almost like you're treating yourself, the child in you, when you acknowledge that you've done something that you set out to do. It's like that feels good. And you start identifying as a person that does that particular activity. And that really does shift big time because now you're creating a new persona. But you do, you do that verbally rather than giving yourself a chocolate. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> My danger is the kettle can be a bit too near the, the, the children's cupboard with their snacks in it. Ah, so then how do we create some friction in that path so that it's not the path of least resistance? You could put a little post-it note in the cupboard, you know, just with a question mark. So when you visually see that, it gets you maybe just to think about, do I really, am I really hungry? Mm. I, I, it's funny though, isn't it? You can, you may, you may well not do this because uh, uh, it's, it's, I find it harder with having children. I can sometimes be sitting here and I've got a little moment. I might be writing a proposal or something like that. And the next thing, for some bizarre reason, I'm actually in the kitchen, not having realized I've got there with the door open and looking at a packet of crisps. I seem to have got quite good at the moment of then turning away, but I have had moments where I've not been very good at it at all. So I think you do need some kind of a strategy. So maybe that question mark might be a good idea. Mm. Yeah, it's quite individual, which is why like, I, I often spend quite a bit of time with clients and helping them find what's the right motivator for you or the right demotivator. Um, and it all comes down to also having a clear why. Why are you trying to achieve this? What's the bigger picture? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I co-wrote a book called The Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it's not with a clinical psychologist yeah. from Minnesota. And he was, um, you know, he, he, he was really you know, fascinated by this whole area in terms of having many, many patients coming to him with, with health problems, cigarettes, alcohol, and they would leave his, leave his surgery and they'll be saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. And next time they, they've done it again. And it's you know it's so we 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 it kind of we kind of worked on some of the strategies to enable you to uh, do the things that you needed to do whether you felt like it or not and uh, and some of those you need these situations to to do the heavy lifting for you to make it you know difficult for you to access that food by not having it in there or like you say it might be a triggers that uh, remind you not to but you actually need an active strategy don't you people to hold you to account so i guess your program is probably very helpful for people if they're in a system and you're holding them to account for these behaviors yes because we know that um generally we we transform and make changes uh, most easier when we are witnessed and supported and held mm -hmm. accountable for sure yeah. and that's that's absolutely so the the well-being clubhouse is there's a strong component of the three pillars are curiosity community and celebration and the community aspect is meant to be not just me saying hey this is what you're committed to but all of us sharing our wisdom because there's a collective wisdom so just got we've got about 
a minute and before we need to to, to kind of wrap up. So just um, tell us about that because this is a, a a membership type of program that you've created, and it's um, it's sort of educating and bringing a community and holding people to account and letting them celebrate. Is that how it, that's how it works? Yes, yeah, so there, there's an online portal that's got weekly videos that are very short and succinct, all based on the Wellculator. So the 10 points on the Wellculator take you through a one-year plan. And then there's a masterclass, a live 90-minute session with me once a month, and another live session with me, which I call a check-in and celebration, where you can ask any questions related to that month's themes, and we will celebrate and have fun together. So there's two live engagements and an online portal. And then, of course, a closed private Facebook community and a few other surprises, which I only live out yeah, once you're in the clubhouse. Sounds, sounds good to and me. And that's, that's on my website. Um, yeah, and if anybody wants to contact me, I know my name is spelled differently, so perhaps we should spell. I was going to do that for you. So <laughs> Thank C- you. C-E-L-Y-N-N and then M-O-R-I-N.com. Is that correct? Correct, CelineMorin.com. CelineMorin.com. So we've just got a, a, a minute, really. Do you have a final message that you'd like to leave us with before I start talking about next week's show? To just um, remember that when you own the title CEO, Chief Energy Officer, and you are able to mobilize energy on demand, it really is one of the greatest assets you can have as a human being. Um, and that you, that you owe it to yourself and to those around you and the greater community and global community at large. Excellent. Well, I've, I've certainly taken lots from talking to you. I did last time we, we spoke as well. It's, you're, you're a great reminder as well. I think sometimes you just need reminding about these things, don't you? And then but also, I you know you've got so much wisdom around these different components and all the things that you've created. So thank you for sharing today with us um, and getting us to think about our own health and how it impacts performance and some of the things that we need to consider because uh, we do need reminding. We've only got, uh, only got one body, haven't we? Um, yeah. So we need to look after ourselves. Thank you. And remember to have fun along the way and smile. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Definitely important. It's part of my, my purpose. Have some fun. So um, go, if you've got to go to selinmorin.com, that's C-E-L-Y-N-N-Morin. This is M-O-R-I-N.com. And you can find out more about that. I do think it's a really great site. I generally, I really do. On next week's show, we've got uh, Stephen Gould. And Stephen was on the show a number of years ago, but Stephen is the managing director of Everard's Brewery in Leicestershire. And I'm, I'm really excited to have Stephen next week. We're going to talk about kindness and how it transforms because at the heart of the Everard's culture, uh, kindness is, um, is right at the, the center of their purpose. And they have created something in Leicestershire that is just incredibly remarkable. It was a project I was involved in myself with them uh, closely for uh, a couple of year, years. And today they have uh, created a new um, office and um, a craft brewery a um, there's going to be a visitor center shop but they've also um, given got 70 acres of uh, land which they've opened up which was private land for the benefit of the people of Leicestershire so there's a cycle center now and people are cycling running walking on this beautiful land that they didn't have before and Everard's are developing the biodiversity of that and they've created an amazing um, community and amazing energy in the area to to develop all of this. And it's, it came out of this, um, this, this points around, around kindness. And also their tenants have been helping each other through the, the COVID situation. They've got lots of pubs and their employees. And I just think it's a wonderful case study. Stephen won an award as uh, one of the top 
um, 50 um, kind uh, leaders. It was Kindness and Leadership Award in the UK. And uh, I just want to share all of that with you next week and get you to think about how you can use kindness with your, within your business to help transform it for the benefit of of communities and uh, obviously um, build lots of energy where people feel lots of goodwill and want to engage with you um, and your business and your products and services. So we'll be back again next week. A huge thank you again to Celine Morin and uh, wish you all well. Any comments and questions, do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I always love to hear hear from you. Uh, thousands and thousands of people listen to this show and, um, and I just want to know what you, some of you think. Uh, so do just drop me a note on some of these. If you've got ideas of, uh, of topics you want in the future, do let me know as well. So we'll be back again with you next week with Stephen Gould. Uh, once again, uh, take care. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.